All right, let's be making our way back to our seats. Let's go ahead and be making our way back to our seats. Once you get there, I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. That is right after Acts 27. Did you know that? Sure enough is. Hey, while you're turning there, I want you to remember there are three opportunities for you to be extra benevolent this time of year. Uh, back in the back corner, you'll notice that there is a destination station for the Grace Food Pantry. We love the Grace Food Pantry. It's operated in Guyandot, West Virginia, and we've got a canned food drive going on for them. We've already taken, I, I think, uh, 600 cans of food, roughly, and we want to take at least 1,000 more, or Carolyn Miller's going to throw something at y'all, all right? Her daughter-in-law and son run that food pantry, and they always give people physical food, but they give them spiritual food, too. A Bible goes out with every food basket. Isn't that a blessing? That's a blessing. Then down on the floor, there's a box for the Little Victories Animal Shelter. And that, uh, we had probably 30 cans of dog and cat food in that thing last week. Uh, one of the Girl Scouts in our church has taken that on as a project, and uh, so we need to support her. And that's also, the Little Victories Animal Shelter is run by the son of Simon and Kim Morrison, so we need to support that. And also, how many of you love our troops, our men and women that serve our country overseas? We love our troops. One way that we're going to support our troops this season is you're going to bring homemade Christmas cookies, and our ladies are going to box them up and ship them out Thursday. So if that's happening Thursday, when do the cookies need to come? Wednesday. Wednesday. If they come Friday, guess who gets them? This guy. All right? And my waistline don't need your cookies, all right? So uh, bring your homemade cookies uh, and uh, bring that Wednesday night, and that's just another way. Those are great ways for us to be benevolent, right? Right? We're not stingy Christians, right? We're selfless Christians, right? Amen. All right, Acts 28, Acts 28. Now, before we, we launch into these scriptures, I just need to let you know what's been happening up until this point. And in Acts 27, uh, the Apostle Paul was heading on his way to Rome. And he's ultimately going to stand before Caesar. And, and God told him, he said, you're going to stand, you're going to witness before me in front of kings. You're going to stand in front of Caesar. So Paul is on his way to Rome. But really all of chapter 27 is about a storm that enters Paul's life. So Paul goes through a storm, a physical storm, because he's on a boat. So a physical storm rocks Paul's world, and that's all covered in detail in chapter 27. So Paul deals with a storm in chapter 27, and he also deals with a shipwreck in chapter 27. So he goes through a storm, he goes through a shipwreck, and then that's what's going to launch us into chapter 28. And uh, so let's pick up reading there. So they've survived the storm, they've survived the shipwreck, now chapter 28 opens up, and verse number 1, it says, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. That's the island that they wind up at. They wind up on an island called Melita. And so this is where they're at. This is what's going on. It says in verse 2, And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. So he's basically saying the people that were there at the island, to, to, to them they were barbarians. They weren't civilized Greeks. And they weren't Jews, so they were called barbarians. And so that's who's on the island. And Paul says, really, they showed us no little kindness. They were very kind to us. They were very hospitable to us. So it says, the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper, a snake, out of the heat, 
and fastened on his hand. Now let me stop right there for a minute. How many of you are going to dream about a snake tonight now? Man, it never fails. I watch something on TV with a snake in it, or somebody tells a snake story. That night I dream about snakes, man. I can't handle it. There's five kinds of snakes I hate. Big ones, little ones, live ones, dead ones, rubber ones. Hate them all! Hate snakes, man. All right, let's get back to this, all right? Verse 4, and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast, now this is a poisonous snake. Luke tells us it's got venom, it's poisonous. It says, when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffers him not to live. Verse 5, and he shook off the beast into the fire, and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Wow. What a story. Amen. You didn't know that like Paul got bit by a snake, did you? Isn't that cool in the word of God to read that? And it's wild to read about Paul's life. Chapter 27 is all about Paul going through a storm. Matter of fact, that storm was so bad, they gave it a name. And it was called Eurocladon. That was the name of the storm. You know a storm's bad when they name it, right? Have you ever watched them Hurricane Hatties and Hurricane Nancys and Hurricane Katrinas? And they always name them after women. I don't think there's any coincidence there, but let's move on, all right? Amen, right? But you know it's a bad storm when they give it a name, right? This one had a name. It was called Eurocladon. And chapter 27 lays it out. It was so bad that Paul said there was days that we didn't see the sun. Days that they didn't see the sunshine because the storm, they were going through a constant storm. And so the storm led to a shipwreck. And we're not going to read that, but you should read chapter 27. It's wild. It's all about a detailed coverage of this storm and the shipwreck. Matter of fact, there were 276 people on board this ship. They make it to this island called Melita. Now, modern day, in geographical terms, it's the, 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 the island of Malta. And it's the island that's in the Mediterranean Sea, kind of in between Sicily. You remember Sicily, right? Is that the one that looks like the boot? Somebody help me. That's Italy. Italy's the boot. What's Sicily? Sicily's the one getting kicked by the boot, right? All right, I'm, I flunked geography. It probably shows, right? You didn't do that great either. Don't look at me like that, all right? All right, Sicily's the one getting kicked by the boot, which is Italy, right? All right, everybody got that? You got that, all right? So Malta is the island in between Sicily and Africa in the Mediterranean Sea. That's where Paul and these other 276 guys wind up. And the Bible tells us that some of them swam to the island. And the Bible tells us that some of them just grabbed boards and wreckage from where the ship was wrecking. They grabbed boards, held on to it. They make it to the island. Imagine them coming up on shore. They're cold, they're wet, they're hungry, they're tired, they're wore out, and they make it to this island all to encounter in chapter 28. Paul encounters a snake. Imagine this. So they get to the island. The Bible says that the barbarians there, they show them kindness and they make a fire for them. And Paul's trying to help because that's what Paul is. He's not lazy. He's working. He's doing. He's out doing things. So Paul gathers sticks. He's going to help put, put, this, uh, put things on the fire. And so he, he, he grabs the sticks. He lays them on the fire. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a snake grabs his hand. Whew, son, that's bad, isn't it? It says it fastened onto him. And 
you know, I told you, I don't like snakes. I don't like snakes at all. I was preaching at church one time up on a ridge out back of Milton, and I, I said to us, I don't like snakes. And a man stood up while I was preaching. He goes, I'll have you know I don't appreciate what you're saying about snakes. I love snakes. They make great pets. I said, sir, as long as they make golden retrievers and cats, that's my pets. Amen. Who's with me? Amen. That's my pet. So you see this story in Paul's life. Chapter 27, he deals with a storm. He deals with a shipwreck. And now he's got to deal with a daggone snake. Now this snake should have killed him. It was a venomous snake, the Bible tells us. It was poisonous. It should have killed him. It bit him. It fastened onto him. It was locked into him. And it was not showing any signs of letting go. So you could easily say tragedy came into Paul's life, right? This was tragedy, and I don't know about you, but I don't know that I, I, could, I could handle this, man. A snake bites you? I mean, think about that. What would you do if a snake bit you? My goodness gracious, I, I, I mean, I just I couldn't imagine. I mean, I would just, I'd freak out, man. I don't know if I could handle a snake biting me. I'd just like, man, just shoot me in the head, get it over with. I don't, I don't know if I can deal with that. But you know what? I think about Paul's life for a minute. Now, we know that Paul was converted back in Acts chapter number 9. That's the conversion story of Paul. He was Saul at the time, and he met Christ and was converted by Christ, saved by Christ, became a follower of Christ, preacher of Christ. In Acts chapter number 9, I guarantee you on the first day of Paul's salvation, I guarantee you he never dreamed that he would encounter all the heartache that he was going to face as a Christian. I guarantee you he never envisioned bad days and valleys and days of discouragement and things, and days of depression and Days where he just wanted to throw in the towel. In Acts chapter number 9, he's a baby Christian. And you know what? I guarantee you he never realized, I'll go to prison one day because I'm a Christian. I'll get beaten one day because I'm a Christian. I'll be betrayed one day because I'm a Christian. I'll have people want to kill me one day because I'm a Christian. But can I tell you something? All that did happen to Paul between Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 28. You say, why did all that happen to Paul? Why did he get discouraged? Why did he get depressed? Why did he get downtrodden? You want to know why all that happened? Because life happens. That's just life. And I want you to think about yourself. On your first day as a brand new Christian, you probably thought, man, this is the greatest thing ever. I've been forgiven of my sins. I'm going to heaven when I die. I'm a new creation in Christ. I've got a church family now. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Heaven's my home. The Holy Spirit has been given to me. I've got the word of God to stand on. I'm a child of the Most High God. Nothing ever is going to come my way to knock me off my pedestal right now. And you realize real fast something came your way and knocked you off your pedestal. And you know something, though? One thing that I think, I think Paul, at any point, he could have thrown in the towel. Paul could have been like, you know what? Th this ain't worth it. Why am I risking my life? I'm just going to be like the average Christian. And just go to church once a week. And just read my Bible when Pastor Dean says, turn to Acts chapter 28. And I'll just drop a few dollars in the offering plate, and I'll just uh, pray over my food and never really have burdened prayer for anybody, and and I won't step outside the box and get involved in anybody's life. I'm just going to be the average Christian. He could have easily said that because of all the stuff he went through. But he didn't say that. He didn't say that when he spent time in prison for being a Christian. He didn't say that when he got beaten for the gospel's sake. He didn't say that when he was betrayed. He didn't say that when he got his brains beat in for being a Christian. Why didn't he do that? He could have thrown in the towel. He could have just been the average Christian that does as little as possible. 
But he didn't do that. He had a drive. He had a determination. He made resolutions within himself that he was not going to be an average Christian, that he was going to be different, that he was going to do big things for God, that he was going to reach people, that he was going to invest in people, that he was going to work his tail end off to make sure the gospel went everywhere to everybody all the time. He did those things because he knew how to shake things off. He knew how to suck it up. He knew how to put his big boy pants on and get his head in the game and work and serve and do this snake came into his life i mean think about what he's faced already man he's been beaten he's been imprisoned he just went through a storm in chapter 27 he just went through a shipwreck now he gets to an island and a stinking snake bites his hand i don't know about you man i'd be like god that's i'm out man peace out god i'm gone i'm i'm moving to florida i mean imagine that imagine that but you know what he did the bible tells us the Bible tells us in verse 5, and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Paul knew how to shake things off. Paul knew how to suck it up when things didn't go his way. Paul knew how to keep going. Paul knew how to keep doing. Paul knew how to keep serving. He had a drive. He had a determination. He had a resolution. And listen, life didn't always go Paul's way. Yet he shook it off, and he kept serving his Savior. Can I tell you something today? You may be here today, and life's not always gone your way. Your life may not have started out perfect. Guess what? It won't end perfect either. But you may be hanging on to something. You may have brought baggage in here with you this morning. You may have brought burdens in here with you this morning. You may have brought a bunch of junk in here with you this morning. You may have brought hurt in here with you this morning. You may have brought disappointment in here with you this morning. You might have brought a low self-esteem in here with you this morning. You might have brought depression in here. You might have brought discouragement in here. You might have brought a downtrodden spirit up in here. But listen, you have got to learn, shake it off! It can't define you. It can't dictate you. It can't determine you. You've got to shake it off. You've got to move on. All these things all through Paul's life could have deterred him, could have stopped him, could have made him realize, man, I, it ain't worth it. I'm just going to be like everybody else. I'm just going to be uh, just a casual, laid back, average, do nothing, do no harm. Do no, I'm just going to be the average run-of-the-mill Christian, never do anything big for God, never step outside my comfort zone, reach a soul, invest in somebody, disciple somebody. I'm just going to be lazy old me. Paul didn't have that in him. Paul, every time something come his way, he he knew to shake it off. He knew to put it behind him. He knew to put his big boy pants on and get to work, get back in the game. He had courage. He had resolution. He had a drive within him, a determination about him. And it's high time that some of us get that same thing. Amen. Listen, there's things, listen, we can all have pity parties this morning. We can all vent and frustrate and, and, and say who's done us wrong, who's kicked us when we're down, who knocked us down, who did what to us when we were down, who we don't like, who looked at us wrong, who talked about us behind our back. But I don't know about you, I don't got time to do that. It's full steam ahead. Somebody help me. It's work for Jesus. It's serve Jesus. It's love Jesus. It's reach others. It's help others. It's do for others. It's be a light to others look at me up in here who's going to do that you're going to learn to shake it off right you're going to learn to just brush it off and we're going to keep going right forward progress forward momentum as he walks backwards right who's with me let's look this morning at shake it off 
shake, and no, it's not the Taylor Swift song, all right? That's not our closing song, all right? Let's look this morning at Shake It Off. You say, why could Paul do what he did? Well, first off, number one, I think you need to notice that Paul had the ability to shake off past situations. Paul had the ability to shake off past situations. You know, I want you to look at what happened to his life before he even got to chapter 28. We first meet Paul, his conversion, the saved Paul. We meet him in Acts chapter 9. Are you aware the minute after he's saved, Christians don't like him? Did you know that? You talk about discouragement right out of the gate, man. Christians don't want nothing to do with them. How I many you realize that not all Christians are going to like you? It kind of stinks, but it's true. We're not always going to get along. We're like a bunch of brats down here, and God probably gets sick and tired of us sometimes. How I many of you ever, it drives you crazy when your kids fight? Your kids fight. Stop looking at me. Stop touching me. Stop. He, he took my thing. You hear that? I think we're the same way, and God sees a lot of that. Don't you think so? And right out of shoot, man, right out of the gate, Christians didn't like Paul. What if Paul said, man, forget this. Well, I got saved and Christians don't even like me. Forget it, I'm done. You know what he did? Shook it off. He shook it off and he kept serving. Then shortly after that, the Jews, the religious Jews, the people that murdered Christ, that crucified Christ, they are trying to kill Paul. Man, you, I mean, it just keeps getting bad, right? Christians don't like him. Now the Jews want to kill him. Isn't that crazy? But Paul just said, you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? I'm going to shake it off. And then keep going on for Christ. Then you read about Paul's expeditions all through the book of Acts. And Paul would go from town to town to town to town. The first place he would always go was the synagogue. Because he would go there and debate with these religious Jews and take the Old Testament scriptures and prove to them that Jesus is the Messiah. And they were wrong for crucifying him. And they, he wanted their eyes to be opened to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. And they're to believe on him, trust him, serve him. And you know what would happen most of the time when he'd go to those synagogues? He'd get his brains beat in. He'd be stoned. Not the kind where you crave Doritos afterwards. Somebody help me. You know what I'm talking about. You ain't that spiritual. Amen. He'd be beaten. He'd be stoned. He'd be thrown in jail. People would try to murder him. Then in Acts chapter 16... Him and a, a friend of his named Silas were out preaching the gospel. And the Bible says they're arrested. They are beaten with 39 stripes from a leather whip with, 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 with uh, thongs at the end of it, lashing into their body, leaving them open and exposed and bloodied. And then they're cast into a dirty, dingy dungeon. And they're in stocks and bonds. I don't know about you, I, I don't want days like that in my life. I didn't like any whooping I ever got when I was a kid. I never got 39 lashes. It got close sometimes, amen, but I never got 39. But I don't want to go through that stuff. Yet Paul did. And every time, you know what he did? He just shook it off. He kept serving Christ. And then you get up to this story. Chapter 27, he goes through a horrendous storm. Yet he shakes it off and he keeps serving Christ. He goes through a shipwreck. Yet he shakes it off, and he keeps serving Christ. Can you imagine these things? Listen, Paul did not let 
his past experiences cause him to throw in the towel. He knew that he had to shake off every one of those. Could he have thrown in the towel in Acts chapter 9 when nobody liked him? Yeah. Could he have thrown in the towel in Acts chapter 10 when the Jews were wanting to kill him? Yeah. Could he have thrown in the towel in Acts 13 and 14 and 15 when he was getting his brains beat in at the synagogue by the religious Jews and Roman authorities? Yeah. Could he have thrown in the towel when he was in the Philippian jail in Acts chapter 16 after he'd received 39 stripes on his back and was in handcuffs and bonds? Could he have thrown in the towel? Yeah. But did he do it? No. He just kept shaking it off and shaking it off and shaking it off. He was betrayed. People turned their back on him. They started out helping him. Then they threw in the towel and they didn't keep helping Paul. And a lot of times he was by himself doing the work of the Lord. Did he throw in the towel? No. He just shook it off. And he kept going. He kept going. Did Paul get beat down? Yeah, Paul got beat down. Did Paul get kicked down? Yeah, Paul got kicked down. But you know something? He kept working. He kept witnessing. And you and I are going to get beat down too. We're going to get lied about. We're going to get talked about. We're going to get gossiped about. We're not going to be liked by everybody. But when that stuff comes along, we've just got to learn to shake it off. Amen. Shake it off. Shake it off. Suck it up. And we go on, right? Some of you, you came in here this morning, you're carrying baggage, you're carrying burdens. You know what you got to do? You got to leave it behind. You got to lay it down. You say, well, you don't know what they did to me. Shake it off. But they haven't apologized yet. Shake it off. But, but they did shake it off. Everybody in here has crap from their past that could determine how they are, what they do, what kind of jail cell you put yourself in, what kind of mental prison you put yourself in. But the best thing for every one of us to do is just open up a can of I don't give a rip, chug that thing down and go on for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. And shake it off. The thing that tried to stop Paul, the thing that could have killed him, the thing that could have harmed him, the thing that could have stopped what he was doing, the Bible says he just shook it off. You and I need to shake some things off and just serve the Lord and just be a light and serve others. He had stuff in his past, did he not? Everybody in here has something in your past. You've got, you've got a past sin that you're not letting go of. Or you, you've got something, some kind of embarrassment, some kind of shame, some kind of uh, a thing that happened to you. Somebody hurt you. Somebody did you wrong. Somebody uh, lied about you, gossiped about you, wasn't there for you like you thought you should have. Listen, mankind will let you down. Amen. They will. Just don't even trust in them anyway. Amen. The Bible says it's better to trust in God than in man anyway, right? So you and I, when we do get hurt, when we do get oppressed by people, when we do get lied about, spit on, kicked on, knocked down, just shake it off keep serving God amen Paul could shake it off because he knew how to shake off past experiences but secondly Paul knew how to shake off painful situations you know you look at this story and it's it's wild I mean Paul he survives a storm he survives a shipwreck and he swims and I don't know if Paul was one of the ones that swam or if he grabbed parts of the ship and just held on and kicked his feet. I don't know how he got there, but he got to the island. He and all 276 people, they got to the island together. And so they, they're ragged, they're worn down, they get there, and these people are making a fire for them to help them. 
And so Paul goes and he, he gathers sticks. So he's, he's carrying these sticks and he, he brings them to lay on the fire and he's trying to be helpful. And all of a sudden, a stinking, venomous, poisonous snake bites him. Can you imagine that? Just imagine that pain with me for a minute. You ever seen the fangs on a snake? You ever seen that? I, mean, I, don't, I don't like any snake. I really don't. There was one time I was up in the cemetery. Um, I was doing something up in the cemetery. And I saw a snake. Man, that thing shooted by me, shot by me. And, uh, man, I ran out of that cemetery. Ran out of that cemetery. And I came down and told one of the guys, and I can't remember who it was. I told I said, man, I just saw a snake up in that cemetery. They said, they said uh, what color was it? I said, I didn't hang around that long to look. They said, well, did it have a spot on top of it? I said, I didn't examine it that close. See, a snake, I'm gone. Well, that was probably just a black snake. And that's fine. I know black snakes are harmless. I know that. But I don't want no snake biting on me. Amen. Especially some of the poisonous ones with them fangs. They got them fangs. Somebody help. Good. We're all going to dream about snakes tonight. Don't even message me. I'm dreaming about my own snakes tonight, all right? But you imagine that thing. Could you imagine the pain that was involved in that? How many of you ever been bit by a dog? You've been bit by a dog. How many of you ever been bit by a cat? How many of you ever been bit by a woman? You ever been bit by a woman? I don't like to get bit by nothing. Man. I don't want to get bit by nothing. But could you imagine a viper, a snake, a venomous, poisonous snake? Biting you. What would you do? What would you do? Man, I would freak out. I couldn't. I mean, it was hanging on Paul. It said it fastened. He's like, it's hanging on him. Can you imagine that? You don't think that hurt? You know what? Things are going to happen. It's going to hurt us in this life. I guarantee you that hurt Paul. It didn't kill him, but I guarantee you it hurt him. And, you know, all the hurt that comes in your life doesn't mean you're out of God's will. And it doesn't mean you're some wicked, gross, vile sinner that's done some horrendous sin in their life. Was Paul out of God's will right here? No. Paul was in the perfect will of God, serving God, on his way to represent God to kings and to Caesar in Rome. Paul did nothing to have that come into his life. Sometimes you can be in the perfect will of God and the bottom fall out of your life. But you know what you got to do? Shake it off. You just shake it off. That's what you got to do. You got to get over and shake off past experiences. And you got to get over and shake off painful experiences. Did it hurt? Yeah, I bet it did hurt. Do, listen, you know what? Do, do words hurt sometimes? Sure they do. You ever heard that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me? Whoever said that's an idiot? They are. Man, there's been some words that have harmed me. And there's been words that have harmed you. And there's been actions that have harmed you. There's been people that have harmed you. This is not the easiest life we're living. Yes, we're going to go to heaven one day. Yes, we're, there'll be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more saying goodbye. But sometimes down here... And it stinks sometimes, doesn't it? You will get lied about. You will get gossiped about. You will get done wrong. You will go through pain. You will go through emotional pain, mental pain, physical pain. It does hurt sometimes, but it doesn't matter because really in the grand scheme of things, when you think from a big picture, whatever we go through in this life just pales to how long eternity is going to last. Think about that. And that's what keeps us from throwing in the towel. That's what keeps us from giving up on God. 
That's what keeps us from stopping. And that's why, with the help of the Holy Spirit of God and the urging of Christ in our lives and the help of good brothers and sisters in Christ in our church, we can shake it off and just keep going. Are you with me? Are you going to shake some things off today? You see that Paul had the ability to shake off past situations. Paul had the ability to shake off painful situations. But lastly, Paul also had the ability to shake off persuasive speech. I want you to look here. Look at this crowd. Now, Paul... Paul gets to the island, and immediately, the people on the island, they show him kindness. The Bible says that. They showed them kindness. They made him a fire. They may have made him a meal. We don't know, but they were kind to him. And then the first time something goes wrong, Paul gets bit by that snake. Those people turn on Paul, and they say, well, it's his own fault. He's a murderer. And the sea didn't destroy him, so that snake's what's going to destroy him. The gods are going to take care of him. He's a wicked murderer. That's what he is. Now, wait a minute. They were kind when Paul first got there. Then something comes into Paul's life and attacks him, and the same people that were kind to him now turn on him and say, he deserves to die. He's a murderer. Wow. And then when Paul doesn't get hurt by the snake, Paul shakes it off. Then they're like, wow, he's a god. Up and down. Nice one minute, mean the next. Nice again, mean the next. You ever meet people like that? You, do you? I got a whole bunch of them, I know. It's wild, isn't it? Some of you are thinking people right now. You're chuckling. You're like, yep, that's my mother-in-law. All right, let's move on. I mean, look what happened here. One minute, they're kind to Paul. The next minute, they're saying he deserves to die. He's a murderer. Then the next minute, oh, he's a god. Up, down, up, down, up, down. You know what, though? <laughs> There's people like it all around us. They're positive one minute and just downright rude the next. Positive one minute, criticizing the next. You ever meet people, they're like, well, I just can't help it. I just speak my mind. Well, maybe you shouldn't speak your mind. Maybe we don't want to hear what's in your mind, and we don't want it to come out of that mouth on your face. Amen. You don't have to say everything. Amen. Amen. My dad used to always tell me there's a reason why God gives you one mouth and two ears. Some of you will get that on the way home. <laughs> you ever meet people like that? Well, I just speak my mind. You don't like it? Oh, well, I don't like it sometimes. Sometimes I just shut up sometimes. Amen. James says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. That's not a biblical statement. And that's a silly statement. Words do hurt. Words do harm. Don't you think it hurt Paul? Something happened. He gets hurt. Something tries to attack him, and people turn on him. How do you think that made Paul feel? Talk about kicking somebody when they're down. you got a stinking snake hanging off your arm. People are calling you a murderer and saying you need to die. That's awful. We don't kick people when they're down. At Mud River Baptist Church. And really, we don't need to kick anybody when they're down, whether they're in this church or not in this church. Amen? We don't kick people when they're down. But you know what I like here? Paul, he didn't let what they said about him determine who he was. They liked him one minute, then they hated him the next, then they kind of liked him again. Paul, listen, Paul didn't, that didn't phase Paul. 
They didn't face Paul at all. They like me. I'm going to serve Christ. They don't like me. I'm not going to serve Christ. They like me again. I'm coming back to church. Listen, none of that faced Paul. He was Paul regardless of what they said and what they thought about him. And you and I, no matter what people think about us, whether they like us or not, it does not change the fact that we belong to God and God belongs to us. We're saved by his grace, bought by his blood. We are joint heirs with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Listen, our Father's in heaven. Heaven. He's above all, over all. Listen, it don't matter if the world likes us, if your in-laws like you. It don't matter if your neighbors like you. Listen, what matters is whether God likes you or not. It matters who you are. Listen, his person was not determined. Listen, none of that. He had the resolution, no matter what the popular opinion is of me, whether they lie about me, whether they gossip about me, whether they criticize me, it, I don't really give two flips about it. I'm going on for Christ. That's what you and I need to do. Paul knew how to just shake things off. He shook off past experiences. He shook off painful experiences. He shook off persuasive speech. You know what? If there's a slander around you, shake them off. Amen? If there's a gossip around you, shake them off. If there's a negative influence around you, shake them off. Amen. You want to know why Paul could shake these things off? Because Paul knew the promises of God. And all the way back in Acts chapter 23, God had already told Paul, you're going to Rome. You will stand before Caesar and you'll witness of me. So why would Paul worry about the storm in Acts 27? Why would Paul worry about the shipwreck in Acts 27? Why would Paul worry about a snake that bit him in Acts 28? He already knew. He hadn't made it to Rome yet. He knew he had a planned destination, a booked destination. The trip had already been ordained by God, promised by God. Paul knew, listen, that storm's not taking me down. That shipwreck's not taking me down. That snake is not taking me down. I've got an appointment for the Most High God. And you and I, listen, Paul knew how to live in the promises of God, not in the problems that he had. And you and I need to start living in the promises of God. God has planned some things for us. God has destined some things for us. God's will is for us to serve. God's will is for us to have healthy families, a healthy church, healthy careers, healthy mental states. God's plan is to prosper us and use us in ways we can't even imagine. So when problems come, let's not dwell in the problem area. Let's live in the promise area. Amen. Who's with me there? You with me? And let's just start shaking things off. Shaking things off. You know what? I think about Christ. I think about Christ. If anybody knew how to shake things off, it was Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross and everybody around was crying out, Crucify him! Kill him! I'm glad Jesus didn't say, Hey, God, time out, time out. This wicked, depraved, sinful, idiotic world, they're not worth it. Did he do that? No. When they cried out, crucify, you know what he did? He shook it off. And he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I'm glad when Peter 
one of his best allies, man, one of his buddies, when Peter denied him three times. I'm glad Jesus didn't say, just hang on. If my own guys will betray me, then nobody's worth it. Did Jesus do that? No. Peter denied him three times. You know what Jesus did? He shook it off. And he still died for Peter. Even when Judas betrayed Christ, Jesus didn't say, time out. Nope, just stop it. This hurts too bad. Jesus just shook it off. And he died for us. I'm, I'm glad for these things. I'm glad that when they... When they plucked his beard, he didn't quit. He just shook it off, and he died for me. I'm glad when they took that whip that was leather strands with bone and glass and metal attached to the ends of it, and they whipped him over and over, and every time it would lodge into his back, and when they would pull it back, flesh would rip from his back. I'm glad he didn't stop after the 13th lashing. Or the 22nd lashing. Or the 33rd lashing. And say, no, that's, I can't do it, stop! He shook it off. He died for me anyway. When they drove the nails into his hands and his feet. I'm glad if they, they drove that first one, he said, oh, gosh, that hurt. I can't do this. It's not, I'm still God whether I die for him or not. I'm glad he didn't do that. He just shook it off. He died for us anyway. I'm glad for these things. Aren't you glad he just shook it off and said they're worth dying for? That's my bride. That's my church. They need redeemed. They need forgiven. They need my blood. They need my grace. They need my mercy. I'm glad he shook it off and went to the cross. What about you today? Is there something you need to shake off? Is there a grudge you're holding on to? Is there bitterness you're holding on to? Is there something from your past you're holding on to that's keeping you from being what you need to be? What do you, what do you need to shake off? Is there somebody you don't get along with? What do you need to shake off? Is there a hurt that you just don't think you can get over? Are you struggling to forgive yourself? I mean, my goodness, so many times we love God's forgiveness, yet we don't know how to forgive ourselves sometimes. You ever been there? I have. I sure have. But why would I not do something for me that God's already done for me? So what do you, what do you need to shake off? I want every head bowed and every eye closed. And, and I really want you to search your heart this morning. I think some people are locked in a prison. I think some people are just living in the problems of their lives. I think there's some people that need to get up out of the valley and get back in the game. My goodness, if the Apostle Paul didn't throw in the towel, why are you going to throw in the towel? If Paul could keep serving when he went through far worse things than what you and I went through, why are you not going to serve him? Why are you being just an average Christian? Nobody's asking you to be like Paul, but you do need to step your game up a little bit. And maybe there's something that you don't like. Maybe somebody did you wrong. Maybe somebody said something about you. Maybe you're having a pity party. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're downtrodden. And I know that, that it's, it's, it's easier said than done what I'm saying. But listen, with the help of the Holy Spirit of God, you can shake some things off and get back in the game and serve God. This applies to me. It applies to everybody in this room. God didn't send his son to die so that you could be a lazy Christian. God didn't send his son to die so you could show up at church one time a week and think you did God a favor. God didn't send his son to die so 
so that you could just have a flippant attitude towards spiritual things. The Bible says, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So I want you to search your heart. We're going to have a song. And I want you, to, if you want to come to the altar area and pray, you do that. If you want to pray where you're at, but just examine your life. Say, God, is there something I need to shake off? Is there an attitude? Is there a hurt? Is there a sin? Is there a relationship? What, what is going on in my life that may need, may need help? Listen to this song. As I kneel in the darkness in the middle of the night, I'm praying for assurance everything's going to be all right. Lord, I see another battle out in front of me. I'm afraid I won't be But he said, do you remember where I brought you from? Just take a look behind you at just how far you've come. And every time that you ask me, didn't I deliver you? So why would you be thinking that I wouldn't see you through?
Father, we love you. Lord, I pray somebody today got the spiritual help that they need. I pray if somebody's hurting, somebody's discouraged, somebody's down, Lord, I pray that they would yield themselves to the Holy Spirit of God so that he can heal them, use them, and put them back in service for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We love you. Thank you for those that came today. Thank you for what we received from the Word of God and from just fellowship with each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. We'll see you tonight at 6, all right?